February 28, winners will be announced next month at the award ceremony in Brussels. Vladimir Putin has called for easing visa restrictions for tourists. He said during his annual address to the Federal Assembly that there is a huge interest in Russia's culture, nature and historical landmarks, highlighting the experience the country gained during the FIFA World Cup last year. Putin said that the use of electronic visas should be expanded to attract more tourists. A federal law which came into force in Russia's Far East in 2017 provides the citizens of 18 countries, including China, India, Iran, Japan, Mexico, Saudi Arabia, Singapore and Turkey, with the right to obtain electronic visas to enter Russia. E-visas issued through a special website are valid for a period of up to 30 days. Heavy snowfalls will return to the Russian capital in the coming days. According to the Weather Bureau, temperatures will plunge to 5 degrees below zero on Thursday, with night temperatures diving to minus 10. The blizzard will bring gusts up to 18 meters per second by the weekend. An anti-cyclone will form over Scandinavia, spreading to the southeast. It will stabilize the weather in central Russia. Temperatures will be hovering at around 9 degrees below zero on Saturday, rising to minus 3 on Sunday. And finally, men and children have something in common. Both appear ready to cry when something goes fatally wrong. Brazilian football star Neymar has revealed that he spent two days at home crying after sustaining yet another metastasal injury during the French Cup game against Strasbourg last month. The 27-year-old Paris Saint-Germain striker fractured the fifth metastasal uh, in his right foot for the second time in two years. I had a tough time getting over it. I spent two days at home crying, Neymar told Brazilian TV channel Globa. The injury sidelined the Brazilian forward for at least 10 weeks, with Neymar's possible comeback scheduled for April, when the Champions League quarterfinals are set to take place. It's three points out of ten and it's this hour, according to our interactive map, driving time to Vnukova Airport is around an hour and 40 minutes to get back into central Moscow. You'll spare around 75 minutes on your way to and from Damadilova Airport, driving time to and from Shremetov is around 45 minutes each way. Plus 9 degrees in San Francisco, 10 in Berlin, 27 in Jerusalem. It's currently plus 2 degrees Celsius here in the nation's capital with a high of minus 3 predicted for Moscow tomorrow. And that's all the news for now. I'll let you back on the studio. Stay tuned for more. Good evening, listeners. I am Alan Moore. This is Capital FM and Capital Sports coming live and loud from the Nabarajan Tower here in beautiful downtown and not that shitty Moscow as uh, Valeria said it's not that cold here today but it's it's uh, it's okay we're not crying like Neymar that's for sure right Andy? Yeah there's hints of spring unlike Neymar Exactly yeah spring in his step yeah. or his <laughs> his painful step right folks uh, as Andy Le- releases the hounds into the studio what have we got for you tonight we have Champions League Europa League English Premier League and a bit of Russian Premier League as well because it's on the way back. We've got Six Nations Rugby, we have KHL Ice Hockey with some live updates from the clash of the evening between Siska Moscow and Lokomotiv Yaroslavl. We have two questions to address tonight, two burning questions. Is it better to win your domestic league, as in the Russian Premier League or the English Premier League, or to win the UEFA Champions League? Um, and also a question on gender balance. Should men and women be able to compete against each other in, for example, athletics, in boxing and so on and so forth? The very, very thorny question was raised in regard in relation to Kester Semen, Kester Semen even. Kester Semen last week and this week, and of course Martina Vratilova, one of the people who we know for a long, long time was fighting for equal rights for the LGBTQ community. Um, 
was slapped around the place for literally daring to suggest that there might be a little bit of an imbalance between men and women. And of course, our question tonight, a very, very simple question for all of you listening to there to win 15,000 rubles worth, or not 15,000, 1,500 even rubles worth of food and drink in Cato Shays Makovaya. So you can go watch the ruby there this weekend. Question related to Russia. So the Winter Universiad is taking place in just a couple of weeks' time, actually a week, over a week and a half's time, it's in a Russian city. Is it Krasnoyarsk or Krasnodar? Now remember, this is the winter Universiad. So it could be down in Krasnodar, it could be Krasnodarsky Cry down near Sochi, or it could be out in the bleak wilderness that is Krasnoyarsk. Now we'll be going out to that bleak wilderness of Siberia in just a moment, but before we do go out all the way to Tumen, Andy, welcome to Tumen. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Okay, and over beside you, snuggled in there between you and Peter P, is Alex B. Why, hello. Okay, and Peter P, you're snuggled nice and tight up to Alex today. Hey, yeah. Okay, so he's... Peter. Okay, <laughs> I won't be good. Okay, we have Ironic. to, of course, we have to, as, as, as men, as men, we have to apologise unreservedly, unreservedly to uh, DJ Nikki Stay. Nikki, we're very, very sorry for making fun of you last week. It's okay. I know you've gotten over it. You got lovely Valentine's gifts, flowers, chocolates. You even got a Lexus, correct? <laughs> a Mercedes. There you go, a Mercedes. You see? Is, that, is that the name of the puppy? <laughs> <laughs> you got me. There yeah. we go, there we go. Okay, we're going to go off to uh, Andrew Flint in just a moment. But, of course, there was a, a, a Champions League on last night. Um, a bit of a letdown. No goals, Andy, in two matches. Uh, and supposedly all these big high-scoring teams, Liverpool, uh, Bayern, and even Lyon and Barcelona, but not... A, well, no, Barcelona had lots of shots, but nothing to for it. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the quality of football was, was certainly there. Um, the the link-up play, I thought, in the first 45 minutes of the Liverpool-Bayern game was some of the best I've seen this season. Um, and yeah, Bayern averaging over something like 4.4 goals uh, every every game at this stage of the competition but yeah two nil nils it, it all pends on uh, very very important second legs and p- perhaps falling into the favor of the home teams you may just need to sneak an away goal okay i mean that is the thing that like you know with the second leg away i mean um liverpool you know they, they at times they were very very bad in defense and some terrible terrible defensive play from two good goalkeepers allison and nori who who are you know usually outstanding but they were absolutely awful yesterday yeah, a bit of pressure on them. Obviously, Liverpool had uh, had forced changes upon them with Matip and Fabinho, very unfamiliar pairing at centre-back. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was cagey moments. The high-pressing games that these teams seem to play obviously put a lot of stress on the, the defenders and they, when they haven't got options, they make mistakes. Okay. We are going to go all the way to Chimene Siberia to uh, Running Dog Football's Andrew Flint. Andrew, how are you doing? Oh, well, not too badly after seeing Liverpool struggle a bit last night. So yeah, so it broke your, broke your heart. Listen, uh, we, didn't, we didn't catch it because uh, Andy and I here, we were watching the uh, Ajax-Real Madrid game. So that, of course, finished last week 2-1 in a way win for Real Madrid. And, of course, Spurs pretty much battered um, Borussia 3-0. Um, do you reckon, does that, will Spurs now have their tails up? I mean, they're, they're doing well in the Premier League. They're doing well in the Champions League. You know, do you think it's, it's, uh, it, it's looking good for them? Well, I'd, I'd say so. They've managed better without Harry Kane than I expected. Um, I mean, that is a, I mean, that's a fantastic result against Borussia Dortmund. They're absolutely flying in the Bundesliga. Um, and I think they can take a lot of confidence from that. I don't think they've got any potential to winning the competition overall, but being able to knock out the likes of Borussia Dortmund and 
well, you never know what the draw will be next. Um, they they could go a long way. Okay. Uh, okay. Last night, of course, Liverpool uh, drew at home nil nil in the well. I guess the Theatre of Dreams is where you lot play and then I don't know what Anfield is but um, it's something different and Lyon of course nil-nil with Barcelona um, it, it did to me I know we are discussing that just there before you came on with Andy that um, you know I, I, I don't see either Liverpool or Bayern go much further than the, the next round well Bayern I think they had their all of invincibility punctured in the last year or so um, I mean, I think one for image that sold it for me was seeing Ribery come on, as in he wasn't even starting, Robin wasn't starting. Those have been so emblematic and so dangerous for so long for them. Um, I mean, they've got some incredible players, and they, they're not exactly going to fail in the long run, but um, I did think they looked slightly short on on ideas. Lewandowski looks a bit lost, I thought, last night. Um, Manuel Neuer, I mean, there was one moment where he tried to chip somebody from about three yards on his own goal line. Um, I mean, it's taking playing out from the back to extreme. So, um, I hope Liverpool don't go far, either. Um, (laughs) But, unfortunately, they are lethally dangerous in attack. So, it did look um, like I the, wouldn't rule them out going further. It did look like the two Bayern fullbacks, um, like Alaba. I forget the other fullback. They they Kim. basically give it. Yeah, they they kind of stayed back, very very close to the centre backs. They weren't kind of swashbuckling forward. Well, no, that's um, I think a credit to Liverpool's style. I think probably an element of fear as well. They know how dangerous Liverpool are um, across the front line. Um, so, you know, they, the likes of, of Salah darting in behind the centre-back, they knew they had to give extra cover to them. Um, so that's, that's credit to Liverpool in their system. Okay. Um, how it will be in Munich could be different. Okay, now we, 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 had a, uh, we have a clip lined up that uh, Nick is going to play for us uh, from Jurgen Klopp, the pre-match um, uh, press conference when he spoke about how you know great it is in Anfield, how the atmosphere is so great and te- teams will to come there. Uh, but also a sort of a burning question for us is: Does you know um, what's better to what? What is it better to win your your national league or the Champions League? So okay, Nick, we're going to play that uh, clip. Down if you would have to decide, and it's for, Liverpool, for all Liverpool fans, it's a Premier League. That's clear. We know that. But now we play Champions League, and I think they all expect, and that's a good ride. They all expect that we uh, that we do our best tomorrow night, and that's what we do. And thank God we don't have to make a decision today. We expect a good atmosphere, but we know about the part we have to play. We have to we have to create atmosphere as well on the pitch and make it easier for the people. But it will be it will be outstanding tomorrow night. A lot of players from other teams always say, "Oh no, it's really it's really good. I'm looking forward to be going there." And it's true. It's it's something to enjoy. But the other hand side, there's a lot of power uh, involved in that, and um, I've um, experienced it now a couple of times that our crowd is really able to push us from 100 to 120, 30, or 40 percent. I never would have thought that that's possible, but it happened here from time to time, and hopefully tomorrow night again. Okay, so they didn't push into 120 or even 140 percent, whatever that is. Um, was Klopp talking talking about his that? I mean, is it the fact that um, Anfield is not that intimidating? Well, I I'm I'm, I'm biased, as you know. Um, there's a cult around Anfield that's been built up, and I think a lot of foreign teams still have that overhang of the invincibility of the 70s and 80s that that hung around Anfield, they've obviously missed the last 30 years. Um, but um, <laughs> there is an atmosphere at Anfield. Nobody can deny that. Um, 
But I have to say, I think, and I'm, I'm not trying to big United up here, but I do think Sunday is of far more importance to Liverpool than the Champions League. Um, even if they were to go on and win it, it's that monkey on their back not having won the league for so, so long, which I admit I enjoy. Um, and Sunday just becomes genuinely so important. They, they lose to United and it could even be the title over. Okay, well, I mean, we're looking at that. Okay, so question to you, uh, Andrew. Like, if um, if you had the choice for United to win the Champions League or the Premier League this year, what would it be? Oh, to, to win the Premier League easily, no, no, no questions asked. I mean, I'd love to win the Champions League and the league, of course. But no, it's, it's a no-brainer for me because the league is what really is is the battle in the Champions League. It's uh, it's quality teams you face, but the nature of knockout football means that it can be more the occasion than your overall seasonal quality okay. that, that wins out. So it's a better test. Andy, okay, given that it's the Scottish Premier League we're talking about, would you rather Celtic win the Champions League again or the Scottish Premier League again? Well, yeah, this is a question. I, I think it, it will vary depending on where you're from. I think I, I would give my, my, uh, my right nut for um, <laughs> Celtic winning another European title or, or much worse, living under a Tory government for the rest of my life. Okay, that is good. Okay, Alex, <laughs> would you rather uh, your team to win the domestic league or to win the Champions League? Oh, well, I prefer for, the, uh, for them to win the Champions League, of course. Cause yeah, that's where the competition is the most stiff. That's like the best out of like all the countries, Peter, all the leagues. What you reckon? Premier, like Premier, there's yeah, no brainer, no, no brainer. brainer. Premier, yeah. of course. Uh, you have I, to win your bread and butter to get in the competition. So I know, there, there but is like, if you win flip. it, then if you win Yo, it, then you have to you have to turn around and just like go and win the Champions League. Remember when Leicester won uh, Premier League 2015? Yeah. Real Madrid won Champions League. Nobody cared. Everybody all around the world was wearing Vardy like shirts and stuff like that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> yes, he's, he's right. He's right. Now, I listen. I'm. I. I. If Dundalk, if Dundalk could win the Champions League, I'd be thrilled. But like, I, Peter, Peter's right now. Okay, Andrew. Listen. Listen. Enjoy the game this weekend. Enjoy the games tonight as well. If you can stay awake in time, because of course the games are kicking off at eleven o'clock tonight, and we will talk with you next week. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, Andrew. Okay, that was Andrew Flint of Round Dog Football. Okay, now we're going to get to break in just a moment because um, we, well, we have to go for a break. Um, and before we do, again, that question, where are the 2019 Universiad, Winter Universiad being, Universiad? Universiad being held uh, in Russia? Is it Krasnoyarsk or Krasnodar? Okay, Krasnoyarsk or Krasnodar, plus 795 Get texting in for 1,500 rubles worth of food and drink at Kedushes of Mokovaya. Okay, those games this evening. Athletic Madrid at 11 o'clock. They are facing Juventus in Madrid, of course. And Schalke, no fear there. Well, no fear, 0-4. Uh, Schalke from Gelsenkirchen. They are playing against Manchester City. Now, just looking at that, the odds were flashing across the screen. It looks like no hope for Schalke, Andy. There's always hope at this stage of the competition, um, but it's a tricky one because... If they concede to Man City once or twice, I think it's game over, regardless if they get a win or not. Um, so it's getting that balance of do they push on looking for a goal or do they keep it tight and hope they sneak something? I mean, we saw that. They did. We saw them twice, of course, against Lokomotiv this season. We saw them like in, uh, like the, the Lokomotiv, uh, well, away and home. And in like when, when Schalke travelled, they were quite good. They were compact at the back. They, they allowed attacks. But then again, Lokomotiv are about three divisions below, uh, like, you know, fairness, or three divisions below uh, Man City. Yeah, I think um, Schalke were, were well organised, but I think they probably were um, 
obviously Loco weren't very impressive, but the Schalke were equally as poor in terms of having an impact, someone to to really take the the game by the by the cusp of it and and go for it. And I think um, since Schalke really made an impact in the Champions League, I think they've only got one or maybe two players remaining from that squad yeah, from very, sort of four yeah. or five years ago. But and most when there's so much change, it's difficult. Exactly, most of them are looking with you, of course. Okay, we are going to go to the break with a very, very interesting song, kind of a bit kind of calm as well, before we hit the part two, which is going to really, really lift up the night. Uh, this is Snow Patrol Chasing Cars. We'll be back after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. We'll do it all Everything On our own We don't
If I just lay here Would you lie with me And just forget the world Capital FM presents You like skiing and snowboarding, but the weather won't let you do that in Moscow? Capital FM can send you off to a super awesome music and sports festival in Sochi. The flight, the accommodation, and the ski pass is on us. The only thing required from you is attention. Collect all the tracks played during the week by Rudimental, the headliner of the Sochi festival, and go hit the slopes. More details on our social media and on air on Capital FM Moscow. Предложение не является публичной офертой. 18 плюс. Capital Stand Up with Steve Foreman. Here we go. You know, I don't think I have a lot of people that hate me, but I think I have a long list of people who moderately dislike me. You can really taste the Soviet Union in a lot of, you know, there's like a, well, you can smell petrol. That's the main thing. That's the main thing you notice, to be honest. And actually, the, the larder doesn't start just by turning the key. You also have to sort of go, like, oh, like, there's like, there's like an element of that, like, you know. Oh, British people. He gave you a language. Oh, British people. God's sake, I wish you'd use it. Thursday at 9 p.m. Capital Stand Up with Steve Foreman on Capital FM Moscow. Are you serious? <laughs> you got a date right. Moscow's hit music station. Capital FM. With Alan Moore. Welcome back, listeners. This is Alan Moore on Capital Sports here in the Navarration Tower, the Enka Navarration Tower, of course, down in downtown Moscow. Okay, uh, some quick score updates. We're going to go across to the Cisco Arena, uh, well, very, very shortly. Right now it is, well, I won't tell you the score because we'll get it live from the arena. There's only about 12 minutes left. There's over 10,000 at that game, a huge, huge class of Titans because, of course, it's the last game before the... Well, it's almost the last game, like the home, regular home game before the, the playoffs. So it's like it's really, really all down to the wire because, uh, you know, Siska, they are trying to keep their noses just in front of Ska. They are... Ska are chasing very hard. Siska, they are top on 102 points. Ska on 101 a loss tonight for Siska leaves it wide open for them to, to drop down. So, uh, the quick rundown. So, Siska are top of the table. Dinamo Moscow, they're in fifth. Spartak are in sixth. And Vityaz Podos, they are in eighth. Okay, so we're going to go live to the Siska Arena right now to Mr. Adrian Morvan. Adrian, can you hear me? Hello, Alan. How are you? Very, very good. Listen, it feels like we're doing a Eurovision like take or something. We're going to like, uh, and France, douze points. France, yeah. Thank you very much. It's well deserved. Oh, well, there you go. France deserves 12 points. Listen, um, what's the score right now out at the Cisco Arena against Locomotive? Well, it's still 1-0 it's still for Locomotive. So the, the guests are leading. And they are holding a very good defense, actually. Because, I mean, I mean Cisco, they, they, they do score for fun. But what's the atmosphere like out there at the moment? It's a great atmosphere, actually. It's very festive, and there are like the the stadium is full. Yeah, we and, see. Uh, there is there is a lot of noise. Okay, we're breaking up in the line, Adrian. But Adrian, listen, tell us. Uh, there's only about ten minutes left, about ten minutes to go. How likely is it that Siska can they get that equalizer and then maybe win in overtime? I think they can score any moment, actually. They, they have been playing with the break on, and I think it's 
it's likely they will score. Okay, that is good. Listen, Adrian, just let us know if that that uh, that equaliser goes in. We'll come back to you a little bit later on. Adrian, thank you very much. Thank you. Bye. Okay, that was Adrian Morvan at the Saskatchewan for Capital Sports. Uh, that's, I mean, ice hockey. I mean, uh, the, the one thing with Saskatchewan, I mean, they, they, we criticised them a couple of weeks ago for having a terrible atmosphere there. I mean, it was really, really bad. I mean, terrible. The, the music choices were bad. The uh, atmosphere is bad. The fan. No, you don't agree, Peter. I, I, no, no. I went to a CSK game. It was them versus Agbars, I think. DJ Fonerov, let me tell you about this guy. <laughs> I know, his music is just, I don't know. He's just so like, it just irritates the hell out of you when you're just sitting next to like, because I was at the like at the top where like all like the crazy fans are. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like yelling and all this like irritating music is just I don't know. I almost had a had a meltdown. So the music was bad. Yeah. You see, there you go. He agrees with me, and he's younger than me as well. So it's not like an old footy duddy. It's just terrible music, you know. And and the worst thing is when I went to see Dino play a few weeks ago. Uh, they have a drummer, right? A drummer with an electronic kit, and he's playing the drums at Fan. certain points. No, like oh, a, a drummer, a guy up in a assigned drummer. To yeah, the I mean that's just a load of. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know, Bogner Regis. Anyway, okay, <laughs> we are going. We are going to Dublin, and I'm hoping that it's not uh, a special occasion right now because the last time uh, Cahal Dan he spoke to us, it was his mum's birthday, and he took the time out to speak to us. Cahal, how are you doing? Very good, Alan. How are you? I'm doing great. Listen, it's not your mum's birthday today. I hope. No, no one's birthday. I'm very much bored at home, so good I'm- to chat. That, that really makes you feel good. So you're bored at home, so that's why you can speak with us. That's brilliant. Thanks, Carl. That's uh, made my day. <laughs> so listen, uh, <laughs> Carl, um, the first thing I want to speak with you about is that article about uh, Shane Healy, the ex-Irish uh, runner, and now he's coaching, of course. An absolutely, you know, a, a great person with a fascinating and very interesting life. Can you give our, our listeners just a brief taste of it? Because we want to tweet out the link to that story. Just gives a bit of a brief taste of uh, Shane's life. Yeah, so basically last week I paid a visit to Shane and spent a few hours up at his house in County Loud and he really is one of the most remarkable people I've ever come across in athletics. Um, he's 50 at the moment. In He was brought up in Ireland um, in the 80s. And at the age of four, he awoke one morning to find his mother had basically abandoned him and his brother and taken his older sister with him due to a family fight. He, he was... His father soon left for England. He was placed in an orphanage. He grew up in the hardest of circumstances. He, uh, he, he was in and out of orphanages. He was homeless for quite a period, dropped out of school at the age of 13. He hitchhiked essentially around the world. He took off to America. He slept in homeless shelters and spent time working on uh, catchments in Gibraltar. Uh, hitchhiked, has some crazy stories of hitchhiking through Europe and across America. But long story short, he eventually made his way to California where a coach in the changing rooms, he was kind of sleeping rough at the time in a beat-up old van that he bought. And while in the changing rooms with his Irish accent where he'd go to take showers, uh, a coach, the track coach, heard his Irish accent and said, I think you could be good at running the mile. So said, I'll bet you $50 you you can't break like a five-minute mile. And Shane, of course, being very poor and not having uh, much in the bank, said, I'll take that challenge. He ran a 4.52 mile with no training, and then he joined the track team. And three, four years later, he was running in the Olympic Games in Atlanta in 1996. I, I mean, and uh, unfortunately, he's, like, he went into his story in that interview, and he's never, through all the years, been able to track down his mother. And 
even in the interview he was trying to put out the police that if, if she's out there listening she she would be aged 80 now if she was still alive um, the police get in touch with him and he's been profiled everywhere New York Times London Times Irish National TV but uh, crushingly for him, his mother has never gotten in touch throughout his life, and, and indeed his sister, who'd be a similar age to him now. So he really is still one of the most remarkable people I've ever come across because his attitude all the way through all that hardship was that I never lost hope and I never will lose hope. And he it, sent that message to young people saying, never give up hope. It was something that, I mean, when I, when I read it, I mean, I, I, I genuinely, I, I told you earlier on today, I reread it. I reread it because. Uh, the first time through, it was you know there were some very emotional parts, especially when a, a child, a young boy, wakes up and finds that his mom and sister are gone, and then because his dad needs to try and put food on the table, his dad goes in and he gets put in an orphanage. And in Ireland at that time, orphanages were not great places to be, especially in Golden Bridge where he was. But he still you know he 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 kept himself together and kept going. Um, to, to to lighten it up, then I mean, I mean we had to lighten up. I mean he had he had su- great success as an athlete, but there was that moment which I think like sort of like made me laugh. Uh, it made me laugh when the uh, Pat Hickey, who of course we know had some uh, issues regarding tickets that he um, let's just say misappropriated uh, for the um, Rio Games uh, in 2016. He came up before the 1996 Olympics, of course, because uh, Shane had qualified for that. And give him a check for ten thousand pounds and say, now, you know, just you know, tell everyone or tell them that we looked after you. Is Ireland still as bad now in terms of funding athletes? Uh, fundamentally, the system at its root is the same, it, and you'll hear a lot of athletes say it's even up to Olympic level that it is very much based on a reward structure. And by that I mean the athletes on the way up who haven't yet posted really world class performances. I mean, they don't get the help that really would be required when it's required most in their careers. So I think injury, developmental stage, the time when perhaps they might need to go abroad to Spain or Britain or America for coaching help or warm weather training camps. They tend to be doing it all on a shoestring budget at that point in their careers. And then once you get your Olympic qualifier, your world championship qualifier, or become a medal contender, that's when the money gets thrown at you, as it was, unfortunately, for Shane. Now, Things have got better to credit Sport Ireland. Um, they've recently moved from a single-year funding model to a multi-year model. So it's, it's currently up to two years um, that once you get funding, guaranteed for two years. Previously, you'd only get for a year to get that injury for the year after. So you're really in dire straits when that happens to you when a funding grant may be your livelihood. But now they've moved to two years and the plan is to eventually move that to a four-year funding plan, which is will be a really great initiative when it comes in because so many athletes, they find it very difficult to plan for the future knowing that, you know, imagine having a job but your employer couldn't guarantee that you're going to be there in six months' time or couldn't guarantee that you're not going to be cut that, that whole career, that salary that keeps you afloat um, in six months' time. So I think eventually when it does move to a four-year model, it will be great, but I guess, more money, especially at underage level for junior under-20 athletes, is starting to be funneled into structures whereby they get coaching support, they get physio support, things like nutritionists, um, instead of actually getting cash, which is a, a positive step. But at times, so many of their coaches, especially here, do it on a volunteer basis and really perhaps, you know, give up so many hours that you'd really like to see them remunerated with a 
with cold hard cash really and uh, at the moment that structure isn't quite there yet so it all comes down to finances and at the moment there isn't enough of it to go around and the people who are getting it tend to be the people who don't actually need it the most Okay, no, that's, that's fair enough. Listen, we want to cut on to one that uh, we really want to bring up because we're, we're, we're eager to discuss it in the studio. Uh, last time we, we were discussing doping and so on and how prevalent it is, and you had some absolutely, and always have some uh, excellent articles sort of exposing kind of either hypocrisy and also basically opening people's eyes to what's going on. Um, this is a bit different, and it's about gender, and there's a big, big fuss uh, made about the South African 800-meter uh, runner, Castor Semenya, and comments made about kind of people transgender or, you know, people who are transitioning um, uh, like a male to female by Martina Vratilova. Um, with Castor alone, uh, is there a chance of a compromise or how, how is it viewed in the athletic circles? Because you're, you're part of that um, group. What, what, what are female athletes talking about? What, how, what do they think of this whole situation? Yeah, so I would say just having traveled around to a lot of different meetings and spoken to various athletes, whether at a domestic level or international level, there is a, a duality almost of beliefs out there and they can coexist, even though sometimes when you go on social media, it might seem like it's two rival groups shouting at each other. And both of those beliefs that I'd say are generally out there amongst certainly the majority in the athletics world are that people feel huge sympathy and huge respect for Castor Semenya. Anyone who's met her on a personal level will never say a bad word about her. She's funny, she's charming, she's a lovely person, and her performances are fantastic. However, that can also coexist with the general belief, I think, amongst a majority of people in the athletics world that when you enter a women's sport with male biology, not, doesn't have to be entirely male biology. It can be partially male biology that confers an advantage through uh, higher levels of testosterone that it is an unfair advantage. And most people I've found over the dinner table, they'll be very vocal about their belief that the IWF needs to bring in regulation that will, uh, for athletes, with what we call differences of sexual development, ESD is the term currently, that they need to regulate testosterone levels in those athletes to give other women a fair chance of being able to compete. Um, however, there has, of course, been much criticism of the guidelines because the, the science has been very rocky, I suppose, recently, and the Court of Arbitration for Sport, when it threw out the regulations a few years ago, asked the IWS to go away, come back with proof hard evidence that differences in testosterone translate to big differences in performance and they put a substantial burden of proof. The IWF believes they had that and they reintroduced their regulations um, for the last year. However, now as Castor Semenya, um, who has of course been the poster girl for DSDS and unfortunately has had to bear the brunt of so much innuendo and insensitive remarks across the world um, for the way she was naturally born and for participating in women's sport, has taken this case to try to get those regulations thrown out. They are, uh, the current regulations state that basically IWF require all GSD athletes to bring their testosterone down from, they say currently in the male testosterone, which is between about 7 and 29 nanomoles per litre. 
the tips of female brains between 0.1 and 2 nanomoles per liter. So their their threshold is currently being set at 5 nanomoles per, per liter. It's not quite down into the female range that they're asking them to bring it, but they're asking them to bring it down out of the male range. And okay. I think from history has told history has told us that if this is introduced, DSD athletes will be substantially affected, perhaps on a personal level, um, in terms of the changes inevitable changes in their biology, but certainly on a performance level. Okay. Um, they have come to dominate in certain events in the business and they will regret substantially if these if these regulations are held up. Um, well, listen, and that's the way it looks at the moment. Listen, Carl, thank you so much. As always, it's brilliant, brilliant to speak with you. Um, again, we're going to tweet out your article, uh, your interview with Shane Healy. Thank you again for your time and have a lovely evening. I hope the weather is better there than it is uh, with us. It's very nice. Thank you very much, Okay, Alan. Thanks, Cahal. Okay, that was Cahal Denny, of course, from the Irish Independent and the Irish Examiner. We're going to head to the break uh, with Eric Pride's Call on Me. We'll be back with our Six Nations and football picks. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
Juan Diablo, and you're listening to Hexagon Radio in Capital FM, Moscow. Every Friday, 11 p.m. on 105.3. Don Diablo's Hexagon Radio on Capital FM, Moscow. The one and only English-speaking station in Moscow. Capital FM. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Welcome back, listeners, to Capital Sports here on a lovely Wednesday evening in downtown Moscow. It's not that bad. The weather isn't that bad, as I'm saying, of course. It's about plus two. The snow has turned to ice. However, the night is heating up. And this weekend is heating up because, of course, the Six Nations rugby is back. That music, of course, is the Fighting 17 from the movie Backdraft. And it's also used as the background music for rugby in Ireland and, well, most of the UK as well. So for BT Sports. So, folks, uh, we're going to have a rundown. Alex is going to bring us through the Six Nations before we... Because I know he wants to speak about transgender issues. He's, he's, he, he's having he's a struggle. Right. He's having a struggle right yeah. now. But we'll, we'll reassure, like, you know... Yeah, I, I, you, he'll, he'll be okay. He'll get through it. Okay, tell us. Six Nations rugby, who's playing and when are they playing? All right, so we have uh, two games on February 23rd, Saturday. So we have um, France against Scotland. And uh, also have the big one, what we've all been waiting for, Wales and England. That is true. So 5.15 at Stade de France, France and Scotland. Uh, will the Haggises be handed a hammering or will the French cocks be plucked? Uh, Wales playing England, of course, in Millennium Stadium, 7.45 on Saturday. And on Sunday, we have the big game of the weekend. Oh, yeah. Big, well, well, I think it's going to be a pretty lopsided game. I think we all know what's going to happen. Have Italy and Ireland on Sunday at 6 p.m. Okay, the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Okay. Um, all right, we're going to give uh, Peter the first chance. Peter, who do you reckon, France or Scotland? Um, I'll go with Scotland, honestly. He's going with Scotland. Peter's yeah. going with Scotland, so he's been loyal to you, Andy. Okay. Um, Nikki, what do you reckon, France <laughs> or Scotland? France. Oh, ooh la la. Okay, so, so Peter's going with Scotland. Okay. Um, Andy, what do you reckon? A uh, few injury issues potentially for Scotland. I think six new players. Hog is dra- out, isn't he? Yeah, six new players drafted in. I think the Bryce French will uh, will just sneak it. So the French won't be surrender monkeys that we were usually calling them. So you're thinking France are going to win? I think France will just sneak victory. In. Okay. Close one, but maybe a so try in it. The Scots will get a French letter of defeat. Yes. Okay. Yes. Very we'll, good. We'll, we'll be frogging for the end of it. Okay. No, that doesn't make sense. No. Sorry, that's a crap joke <laughs> and a terrible fun. All right, Alex, what do you reckon? Okay, well, two weeks ago I would have said France, but I, I'm at the bottom of the list, so I'm not taking any more chances. <laughs> so, Scotland. <laughs> Nikki said, whatever Alex says, I'll say the opposite. So, so, now, so it's working. It's so working far. so far, you're right. Okay, listen, a background to that game. I mean, I mean, like France are a decent team, though, Alex, aren't they? Yeah, they're decent, but Scotland is... I think Scotland is just going to... Take the take the case. He's just listened to the Scottish guy say that we've got <laughs> very few players left. I know. But, you know, it's Scotland always actually no. I think but, yeah. the, the Scottish guy picks France. I, I, I think he's very much unaware unaware of Scotland's sporting pedigree. <laughs> yeah. Or lack of you know yes. pedigree, chum. All right, uh, uh, okay, so Wales and England. Andy, first off for you, Wales and England. That's this this is a Grand Slam decider. So of course the Grand Slam I explain this is that if you win all your five matches, you win the Grand Slam. So you win like so you, you remain unbeaten for the year. 
both these teams are unbeaten. Two wins out of two for both of them. Um, England massively dominant in the first two games. Uh, took the pedal, foot off the pedal against Ireland and still ran away easy winners. Um, it's hard to look past England in this one. Yeah, but at the same time, Wales, uh, another victory for them. And I think they break a record that hasn't been broken since about 1910 for, for straight test victories um, for, for Wales. So Warren Gatlin, a lot to play for, can write himself down in history potentially before he leaves the job. Um, the Welsh team won't need any kind of team talk before that, but I'm going to go for England. Okay, so you're going to go for the home country. They okay. were just imperious the first two games. I can't can't see part. They've got their tactics spot on. They've used the kicking when they had to. Yeah, like you saw last week, the kicking is unbelievable. All right, um, go Alex. What do you reckon? Um, Wales or England? Uh, well, I think they both had two wins, but Wales win. But I think England's wins were just a bit more impressive because they beat because they beat Ireland, which is yeah. a huge game, which is a huge team. And they also had a lopsided game against France, which and yeah. uh, Wales had a. Well, they beat France and they beat Italy, which is like the weakest team here. Let's be honest here. And um, so I'm going to have to go with England. It's going to be a tough game for for, for Wales. Then. Okay, so we're going England. Uh, Nikki. Wales then. Okay. <laughs> Nikki's <laughs> going Wales. Everything you say, she's going no. All right. What You haven't been to Wales, but no. you haven't been to England either. I've so been to England. You've been to England? Of course, multiple so she's times. Breaking, she's breaking the trend here. Oh, my goodness. But you weren't in <laughs> Wales? No. Okay, all right. You have nothing against England, though. You don't hate England or you don't dislike English people? Uh, most of them I don't dislike. Who do you dislike? <laughs> that is not a question I'm about to answer. Oh, so someone who's listening to us, she dislikes. Probably those people who tweet their delight with no, you that you're like that. They, no. they think you rule. No, Boris, Boris no, no, I like those people. Yeah, they do actually, and all those guys, the people, not guys, and girls as well, who listen to you and say, comment that, like, Nikki is a, is a voice of fresh air. That's, that's true. Uh-huh. Your voice Nikki's of fresh air. a voice that has no clue. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, actually, no, you're doing okay. You got two out of two. Well, Wales isn't really like a, dis- I wouldn't expect somebody <gasps> to have visited you, Wales. I'm sorry. I was but... about to say Wales is not a country. <laughs> well, no, okay. it's, it's a country, but like, I, w- I wouldn't expect, like, that's, that's not really like a fair thing to expect of somebody to have been to Wales. I've been to Wales. But you're oh, Irish. You're, 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 you're the mean? one person out of the five here that have been to Wales. I've been to Wales. Oh, okay. been to Wales. Oh, too, too. oh Peter, are you been to Wales? Oh, no, no, no. Have you been to England, Peter? Been, yeah. Well, I go to Wales every weekend, practically. <laughs> <laughs> Wales or Veronish. We, we well, won't ask remember. you why. Yeah, yeah. It's like up it's, in the valleys, the you know? All those men with uh, deep, gravelly voices. Okay, Peter, uh, your last one up for this. So, what do you reckon, Wales or England? Easy, England. England, my goodness! So, okay, I'm I'm gonna stick to you, Nikki. I'm, don't giggle that nasty giggle. I was saying, I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm backing you. Of I'm course, because obviously I'm the expert here. Yeah, no, why? Because I think you've 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 managed to turn it around. So, okay, me and Nikki go for Wales. Okay, the final one. We could get this unanimous, Nikki. Wait to see this one. Right, Nikki, start off with you. Ireland or Italy? Oh, Alex just said that. Uh, um, that Italy was the worst yeah. team, so I'm not going to be stupid <laughs> this time. So what was the choice again? <laughs> oh, no. Ireland or England? Ireland. Ireland. There you go. Good girl. Okay, so that's Ireland. Okay. Um, Alex. I mean, I guess I have to go for Italy, but I don't want to lose any points, so I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's getting very competitive here, actually. We, we don't let ourselves in. Okay, uh, Peter. Ireland. Ireland. Ireland all the way. Okay. Unanimous. Yep. Well, hold, wait, wait, wait. Andy's got the vote. Andy. <laughs> I do love ice cream. Italy. Oh, Bella Italia. 
um, yeah, Ireland has to be. Okay, it has to be Ireland, yeah. Well, do you know what? There is a point where Ireland could be resting their uh, number nine, number ten, Murray and Sexton. Well, mainly because Sexton... Okay, just want to say this. Uh, so we all know what concussion is. So it's like, you know, it, it can in extreme or not in certain circumstances lead to brain damage and, and greater problems and so on. Um, Jonathan Sexton, the Irish number 10. So he's a guy who takes all the kicks. He's, he was world player of the year last year. Phenomenal player. Great talent. He cannot tackle properly. When he goes to like stop someone from running, he just stands up straight and gets smacked in the head. Uh, he's had so many concussions, been knocked out so many times. Um, and, you know, he, he is having problems. So the, last week he was substituted off uh, from getting, like, smashed in the head all the time. And uh, people are starting to wonder, like, yo, is it wise for him to play or to, to, to give up? What do you reckon, Andy? I mean, is it time to step back? I mean, internally, with, with, within the Irish camp, they'll, they'll have doctors that will be able to, to, to provide him with the information to make an educated choice. It's his health over his career. Um, most people would always pick your health over your career, but... Some of these players put themselves through brick walls every week and they simply love it and they keep doing it and they just disregard what the doctors say. It happens in all forms of sport, but the obvious choice would be to, to maybe take a rest in this game because you, you would think Ireland will have far too much elsewhere on the pitch and, um, yeah, although, though he's a fantastic player, I think they could probably rest him this week. Okay, that's okay. so fair enough. So we, we are... Well, we're kind of unanimous on that one there so if you want to do something put money in that like it I think it'll be mm, I don't know if it's going to be close enough but just an update um, Adrian Sentence it's 1-1 now between Siska and Lokomotiv uh, Yaroslav has gone into overtime 10 seconds to go and Siska equalised so I think we should be getting uh, <laughs> Adrian on our betting panel he said that Siska <laughs> will score yeah. yeah he's doing very very well ok we're going to move on to football so Peter has everything in order this week He's shaking. He's like he's shaking with fear right now. Like I, I can see sweat running down his his tanned brow. Okay, go on, tell us. I hope I get this right. So we have. <laughs> we'll we'll soon see. We'll soon see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, we have two games on Friday at ten forty-five. We have Cardiff versus Watford. Well, hey, yay, you got it right. Yes, and we have West Ham going up against Fulham. Okay, Andy. Um, West Ham are such a difficult team to to pick. This season, um, but I think against Fulham, Fulham have just seemed to have gone from bad to worse to even worse. Um, so I think West Ham will have a bit too much for them. Uh, the other game I wouldn't touch. Okay, all right. So okay, Saturday we have uh, one game at three uh, thirty, Burnley Spurs. Then two games at six, Bournemouth uh, Wolves, Newcastle Huddersfield, and then topping it off eight thirty, Leicester Crystal Palace. Yeah, again, these are games that now that we're getting to that stage of the season um, it all comes down to a bit of form and a lot of those ones I mean these are kind of six pointers for a lot of clubs Newcastle Huddersfield there's a lot riding on them and I wouldn't really if given the choice like to swing, sway either way in terms of putting money on it but I think out of those games Crystal Palace are particularly good at home I think there'll be a good price against Leicester and you'd expect Newcastle to be too good for Huddersfield, who um, who have struggled a little bit of late. Yeah, they're in trouble. Okay, uh, so we, we have a huge one this weekend as yeah, well. Yeah, two on, big ones. Two yeah, big ones. on Sunday, Arsenal, uh, Southampton, uh, five. I mean, three. <laughs> uh, and then Man United and Liverpool, the big one. Oh, the biggie, biggie, biggie one, yeah. So, Andy, that, 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 that's... That's kind of like the uh, Wales-England showdown, isn't it? Yeah, especially after Klopp seems to have put all of his eggs in one basket now um, in, yeah. in public. Obviously, the, the, it, it was obviously going to be for the fans, the, the Premier League over the Champions League this year. 
Um, but Manchester United, um, every time Solskjaer seems to, to get knocked down and he gets back up again for, for, for the Chelsea game when they didn't play so well, they turn in a, a big performance away from home. Um, crucial timing for in terms of Manchester United to get their confidence back up uh, because I thought perhaps they might you know really suffer from the, yeah. the manner of the defeat against PSG in their first leg of the Champions League um, and Liverpool were we will be desperately trying to, to get their defense um, back up and running quickly having had um, those suspensions okay and uh, yeah so I guess they are a bit of a chumble one beside so they get knocked down to get back up again so it seems to be um, okay. yeah okay and last one Peter that's it that's it good yeah. okay we're going cup final Listen, cup final uh, cup, cup final. final yeah the cup final on this weekend oh, yeah, the Carabao yeah. Cup uh, so that's at 7.30 yeah 7.30 Man City Chelsea tune in okay that's going to be big and I think that, that 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 looks like that's that could be Sarri's last game in charge I think they'd be mad not to give him to, to closer to the end of the season I think judging him on that cup final against quite frankly the best team in the, in the, in the country at the moment um, is wrong okay um, yeah I'm, okay, I'm, I think he's been enough. unfairly criticised this week, but that's just me. All right, no, that's fair enough. That is fair enough. I do think he's a good man. He's an honest man as well. So, but then again, uh, Mr. Abramovich has different ideas. All right, uh, there is a big, big uh, Europa League game to have a look forward to. It's uh, Sevilla second leg, uh, Sevilla and uh, Lazio. Andy, what you reckon? I mean, it's that that that's a big show. Then two very big clubs. I think it's almost finished. Actually, uh, I think we were into the second half. Sevilla were two 0 up um, from from the first leg, um, and I believe, yeah, that's full time. Full time. Um, so three 0 so, over. Three 0 overall. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And two red cards. One of each. So not a bit of a scrap there. Okay. Also tomorrow night, of course, we have uh, well, Eintracht Frankfurt. They are coming back with two goals from Shakhtar yesterday. They drew two two there. So advantage them. But they borrow stuff. They are travelling to Arsenal with a one 0 lead that they won one at home. Of course, um, Celtic. Celtic. They are chasing a two 0 deficit against Valencia. No chance. Um, I'd like to see us have a real go for it, and you know, um, yeah, really tough one. We, we're, we're, Celtic are so poor away from home, and Valencia were very impressive in the first yeah, leg. They were decent. I saw the highlights, and they were a good team. Okay, Zeni, they, they, of course, as Andy mentioned last week, just when we didn't thought fair, they missed a penalty against Fenerbahce. They're trailing one nil. They're playing at home. They should do that, shouldn't they? They should win that match. I'd hope so, because Fenerbahce have been really, really poor this season, um, and I don't think they looked particularly great in the first leg. So I think Zenit have now got 90 minutes under their belt after the, the winter break that they've had. Hopefully that'll make a difference for them. Good, OK. And, uh, of course, Krasnodar did drew 0-0 at home against Bayer Leverkusen, but you'd, you'd fancy the Germans to do that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I actually thought 0-0 against Bayer Leverkusen was a fantastic result for them because Bayer Leverkusen have been absolutely flying at the yeah, moment a great, in, in great the Bundesliga. Team. Yeah. Uh, Stad Ren, they drew 3-3 at home against Real Betis and now they are away against Betis. So I mention Stad Ren because that, of course, is the team belonging to... Um, uh, Edwin Morvan who was updating us on the scores and we're just going to just double check on that score of course it was into injury or overtime I should say it's still 1-1 and it could be finishing quite soon ok we're going to go away this evening um, we didn't get a chance to discuss transgender issues oh. with Alex but you know we'll speak about it off air ok we'll, we'll sit down have a cup uh, of tea I'm going to insert my two Okay, can you insert your two cents for Keep it in your pocket. But yeah, 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 keep it in your pocket. Okay, Nikki, we're going to run away right now, so thank you very much. We didn't insult you, we didn't <laughs> laugh today. We were very yes. good, very good. Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. I can't really thank you for not laughing, but thank you.
Okay, that's good. Uh, it's Peter? a tight right. We've got minutes left. Yeah, we've no, we've got only got a few seconds left. Mm-hmm. Peter, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Okay, Alex. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, okay, Andy, thank you very much. Thank you for not having me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on with these boys whatsoever. Still 1-1 one, one at the Siska Arena between Siska and Lokomotiv. They are still playing overtime there. We're going to go out. We have a nice kind of throwback song, something to get you dancing. Our winner today, of course, is Adrian. Okay, so Adrian gets that 1500 uh, voucher because, in fairness, we, we, we had to give it to him because, of course, the Universiade has been held in Krasnoyarsk, not Krasnodar, as most people seem to I, I, think. Okay, so we're going to go away. We've got the Venga boys and Miss Nikki Stay. It we is. We like to party. We like to party. We're going off into tonight. We'll talk to you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. <laughs> We like, we like to party.